welcome you all here today on our Good Friday service, and welcome to the people from Grace Fellowship as well. It's so nice that you're able to join us in worship today. As we reflect on the power of the cross and the impact it has on our lives as we enter into this most, most holy of weekends. I'm just going to make two quick announcements. Um, one, we've been having Sunday evening prayer services here in the church, and we've had people from Grace join us as well. And, but we will not do it this Sunday on the long weekend. Um, we're going to do some family things, so we'll be back on the 16th at 7 o'clock for our prayer meeting. Also, there are a number of periods in the, in the, in the service where there will be time of reflection. Uh, there will be a scripture reading followed by a brief message by myself. And then just, we'll just take a moment to reflect before we move on to the service. So use the silence to reflect on the reading and what we've heard today. And then at the end of the service, there's no rush to leave. If you need to remain seated or in the sanctuary here for prayer or just more quiet time, use it. Paula Jane will play uh, something to, to end the service. And then just if you wish to remain seated, please, please do or come forward or whatever you need. Um, if you're not staying, if you're on your way out, I would just ask you to respect that silence. And if you're going to chat, you could do it on the steps or in the parking lot. And uh, just to give people space to, to reflect on the power of this day. Because it is a powerful, powerful day that we remember today. Let us join together in a response of Psalm, Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you so proud of me from the cry of my distress? My God, I cry out in the daytime, but you do not answer. the Holy One, a throne upon the praises of Israel. In you our ancestors trusted. They trusted, and you delivered them. They called to you, and you rescued them. In you they put their trust, and you did not disappoint them. But I am a worm, less than human. An object of derision, an outcast of the people. All those who see me laugh me to scorn. They curl their lips and toss their heads, saying, You trusted in God for deliverance. If God cares for you, let God rescue you. But you are the one who took me out of the womb. You kept me safe on my mother's breast. On you have I depended from my birth, even from my mother's womb. Do not be far, do not be far from me, for trouble is close at hand. And there is no one to help me. Many bulls encircle me; strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open wide their mouths at me, like a ravenous roaring lion. My life pours out like water. All my bones are out of joint. My heart has melted like wax within my breast. My mouth is parched as dry. My tongue clings to my palate. I lie in the dust of death. Dogs surround me. The wicked hem me in on every side. They bind my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones while they stand staring, gloating over me. They divide my garments among themselves. They cast lots for my clothing. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
Let us pray. Heavenly Father, this is the day we come and worship the one who gave his life so that we may live. On this day we mourn. We mourn that our Savior appears to have lost the battle, yet you know the war is not over. Mourn with us, O God, that we might know more fully the power of the cross as we hear the story anew this day. Be with us in our worship, even as the cross looms tall over our heads, and bring us hope, even in the pain we carry. Amen. Please be seated. Our scripture reading is from Matthew 27, verses 27 to 31. Soldiers make fun of Jesus. The governor's soldiers led Jesus into the fortress and brought together the rest of the troops. They stripped off Jesus' clothes and put a scarlet robe on him. They, they made a crown out of thorn branches and placed it on his head, and they put put a stick in his right hand. The soldiers knelt down and pretended to worship him. They made fun of him and shouted, hey, you, king of the Jews. Then they spit on him. They took the stick from him and bet him on the head with it. When the soldiers had finished making fun of Jesus, they took off the robe. They put his own clothes back on him and led him off to be nailed to a cross. This is the word of the Lord. Today, in our readings, we skip right over the trial of Jesus and have jumped straight into his punishment. It can be hard for us to fathom the cruelty and the hatred Jesus endured after his trial. A trial, if you remember, was where Pilate even tried to release him because he found no reason to charge him with any crime. Yet under the pressure of the mob, Pilate relented and did what they demanded to do and sent Jesus to be flogged. Our short reading, first reading, shows the contempt and hatred Jesus endured. They mocked him. They spit on him. They beat him. He was utterly humiliated and brutally beaten. Why? How could this happen? Why did a man who did nothing but try and love people, why, why was he treated like this? Sin. Plain and simple, it was sin. The religious leaders were threatened by Jesus. People were beginning to believe he was the Son of God, which means people are not listening to them anymore. People might stop coming in to them for wisdom and other things. They were all comfortable in their fancy buildings, their homes, their thrones, judging people. But Jesus has been judging them. The tables were turned, and they didn't like that, not one bit. He had to go away. It was their only solution. To do anything else would mean swallowing their pride and admitting he was right. And that would not do at all. It was just easier to have him removed. And for that to happen, they would need the help of the Romans. I don't need to go into great detail about how Jesus was treated or, or how badly he was beaten, but it was bad. The Romans, they were really good at beating people as treating them less than animals. And think for a moment, just think. Jesus knew this. Jesus knew this was coming. He knew if he continued on the path he was on, it would lead to this. And he never wavered. He never turned away. He faced it head on.
Let us sing together, Go to Dark Gethsemane. I'm reading from Matthew 27, verses 32 to 44. Along the way, they came across a man named Simon, who is from Cyrene, and the soldiers forced him to carry Jesus' cross. And they went out to a place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull. The soldiers gave him wine mixed with bitter gall, but when he had tasted it, he refused to drink it. After they had nailed him to the cross, the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. Then they sat around and kept guard as he hung there. A sign was fastened to the cross above Jesus' head, announcing the charge against him. It read, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Two revolutionaries were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. The people passing by shouted abuse, shaking their heads in mockery, Look at you now, they yelled at him. You said you were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Well then, if you are the son of God, save yourself and come down from the cross. The leading priests, the teachers of religious law, and the elders also mocked Jesus. He saved others, they scoffed, but he can't save himself. So he is the king of Israel, is he? Let him come down from the cross right now and we will believe in him. He trusted God, so let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. Even the revolutionaries who were crucified with him ridiculed him in the same way. Jesus, he was so weak from his beating, he was unable to drag his own cross to the streets to the place of his execution. So they grabbed a man from the crowd, Simon the Cyrene, and forced him to carry it for Jesus. And even after they raised him up on the cross, the mocking continued. They cast lots for his clothes. They offered him sour wine. They posted a sign above his head, King of the Jews. It's kind of a threat, really. 
Step out of line and you'll join him. They yelled at Jesus. They yelled things like, You who are going to destroy the temple and build it three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross if you are the Son of God. And the priests and the religious leaders, they all yelled too. He saved others, but he can't save himself. He's the King of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross and we will believe in him. They didn't understand. No one did. And I'm not sure we can fully even understand today. How can we? I think we can understand we're not perfect. Am I right? We all have our flaws. We all make our mistakes. We all struggle from time to time. But God doesn't care. Well, it's not that he doesn't care. He does. But he doesn't hold it over us. What he has done is send Jesus to show us it doesn't have to be this way. He sent Jesus to reflect his perfect love for us. He sent Jesus to offer us a different way, a better way. Now, sure, yes, he could have saved himself, but what a kind of defeated the purpose. The priest yelled, save yourself, and then we'll believe. Don't kid yourself for a second. They followed these priests and religious leaders. They followed Jesus every step of the way. They watched him. They scrutinized every little thing he did. They know he healed people. They know he brought people back to life. They heard what he taught. They saw everything he did. If that was not enough, how was saving himself going to make them change their minds now? So yeah, he could have saved himself. But then what? They keep chasing him. They keep punishing him. They hated him. They wanted him gone. They needed him gone. They would have done anything to get rid of him. And they've shown that. They've already shown it because they, they've actually gone into convincing the Romans to execute him on their behalf. Saving himself would not have helped. It had to happen. It was God's plan that it unfolds this way. And Jesus went through it all.
Continuing with Matthew chapter 27, reading verses 45 to 56. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lemma sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, he's calling Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine vinegar, put it on a staff, and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. When the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, surely, he was the Son of God. Many women were there, watching from a distance. They had followed Jesus from Galilee to care for his needs. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's sons. The word of the Lord. For three hours, Jesus hung there on the cross. For three hours, darkness covered the land. For three hours. This is not common anywhere in the middle of the day. Uh, even a total solar eclipse would only last for a couple of minutes. You have to wonder what people were thinking all that time. Then at 3 o'clock, Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The end was near. God withdrew from Jesus and left just the man there to die. And Jesus cries out once more, and he gives up his spirit. The end has come. The temple curtain is torn in two, top to bottom. Makes no sense how this happened. The, the curtain is very, very high and pretty much impossible to reach the top, let alone tear it from the top. Makes no sense. But it happened. The ground shakes, the rocks split, tombs break open, and the dead were raised. Incredible. So often on Good Friday we read from the Gospel of John, we focus on that story. And I honestly forgot that the dead had raised, according to the Gospel of Matthew, and walked into the towns after the resurrection of Jesus. So with this earthquakes and rocks and splitting and curtains being torn, what is happening? What is going on? Well, creation is groaning. The whole of the earth is mourning the death of its Savior. All of this must seem terrifying. To the point where even a Roman soldier speaks the only truth that makes sense in that moment. Surely he was the Son of God. What kind of thought process did it take for him to get there? But not the religious leaders. I mean, the soldier simply did his job. He beat, he humiliated, he killed the man he was told was a criminal. Yet at the end of it, he makes that statement. Surely he was the Son of God. 
The religious leaders, they followed Jesus every step of the way. And they never believed. Yet one soldier who witnesses the groaning of the earth, who sees the crowd of followers, who heard the news that he claimed to be the Son of God, he chooses to believe. Not the Pharisees, not the scribes, not those who are the experts on matters pertaining to God, but a Roman soldier, a foreigner. He's not even a Jew. He saw, he heard, he knew. Now maybe those things were to his advantage. But regardless, he saw, he knew, and he believed. Let us sing together when I survey the wondrous cross. Continuing to read in uh, Matthew 27, beginning at verse 57. As evening approached, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who had himself become a disciple of Jesus. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body, and Pilate ordered that it be given to him. Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, and placed it in his own new tomb 
that he had cut out of the rock. He rolled a big stone in front of the entrance to the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting there opposite the tomb. The word of the Lord. After his death, the Sabbath was coming. They needed to move fast. And so the man from Arimathea, Joseph, comes and offers a place in his own tomb, probably until they had more time to deal with the body. And there in the tomb, Jesus is placed, and a large stone is rolled across the entrance, and they leave him there. Meanwhile, there's something that, if we had kept reading, we would have found out that the priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate and asked for the tomb to be guarded to keep these pesky followers of Jesus from sneaking the body away. So soldiers are sent and the tomb is sealed. Surely no one can get in or out. But who could get out when that one who is inside is dead already? Even though they have finally killed Jesus, they have, they have removed this threat to their livelihood, they're still afraid of him and his followers. They're still intimidated by him and his, what he has said. This is a lot of fuss for just one man. It's almost like he's more than just a man. How else could you explain it? If he's only a man, then he's dead. It's over. They won. But the words he said while he was still alive, they haunt them. In three days I will rise again among everything else he said and he did. They have chosen to not believe in Jesus as the Son of God. But they cannot ignore the fact that it means something to some people, many people. What does it mean for you? What does it mean for you to consider that Jesus is the Son of God and that he died for you? The death of Jesus is tragic. There's no other way to describe it. Jesus simply lived as God told him to live. He loved people. He taught them. He healed them. He told them about the kingdom of heaven. He did all these great and wonderful things. And for this, he was punished and killed because, of, because a small group of people took offense, offense at what he said and did. And Jesus allowed it to happen. Jesus willingly took the shame. He took the punishment, even death. He took it all. Why? Because it's part of God's plan. It's the way God is going to show his deep, incredible, infinite love for his children. But it's too soon to talk about that. For now, today, we mourn the death of our Savior. And we walk in the darkness he leaves behind. Amen. Let us sing beneath the cross of Jesus.
invite you to remain standing as we finish Psalm 22 together. Do not stand far off from me, O God. You are my helper. Come quickly to my rescue. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life from the mauling of dogs. Save me from the lion's mouth, my, my afflicted soul from the horns of the wild cattle. Then I will declare your name to my people. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Give praise, all you who fear God. Proclaim God's greatness, all you children of Jacob. Stand in awe, all you children of Israel. For God has neither despised nor scorned the poor in their distress. You, O God, have not hidden your face from the theme of my praise in the great assembly. I will keep my promise in the presence of those who fear you. Let the poor eat to satisfaction. Let those who seek you praise you. May they be in good heart forever. Let all the ends of the earth remember and turn to you, O God. Let all the families of the nations bow down before you. For yours is the dominion Even all who sleep in the grave shall worship you. Those who go down into the dust shall bow before you. I too shall live for you. Our children shall serve you and tell generations yet to come about you. To a people that is unborn, they shall make known the saving deeds you have done. My God, my God, what have you Then Jesus cried again with a loud voice and breathed his last. Please be seated.
It's easy for us to fall into the trap of wanting to rush into Easter, to move to the resurrection. But there's power in this day. There's power in the reflecting on what it means that Jesus died. For three days he was gone before he returned for his glorious victory. So let us sit in the morning. Let us sit in the darkness as we await the return of our Savior. God bless you until we meet again.